welcome to this Radio Stockton podcast. We're not just about Stockton Heath, and we're not a radio station. So that's that cleared up. In fact, for today, I'm going to take you further afield. Yes, I am going to be talking about Warrington and one of the surrounding villages, Darsbury, to the west of Stockton Heath. But I'm also going to talk about London. And if you think that's far enough, I'll start off by talking about somewhere even further away. When I was younger, maybe at around 16 years old, I was both fascinated by space and scared about it too. When I say scared, I mean scared because I didn't understand it. Now, going off on a tangent immediately, that's something I've always tried to explain to my daughters, i.e. how fear and anxiety work. We only fear things we don't understand fully. For example, I don't understand how thousands of tons of metal can effectively float above us in the sky. How can planes work? And clearly it's that lack of understanding that causes fear in reluctant flyers. I mean, all the evidence is there right above us that planes can fly, but it's the not understanding of how it's possible that causes the concern. Anyway, let's get back on track about space. In my youth, I was in awe at its size and how anything can be that size, and when I say size, of course I mean it has no size. Space is infinite. And I suppose it was that phrase, space is infinite, that totally confused and worried my 16-year-old mind. I didn't understand that concept of infinity. How was it possible? And because I didn't understand it, it made me fearful. But then, one day, when I was around 26 or maybe 27 years old, though the age is irrelevant, and I was living in London, I suddenly understood that infinity could exist as an easy concept to understand. I reached this conclusion by thinking about it this way. What's the highest number that you can think of? Well, add one to it, and then another, and then another, etc, etc. You see, if we can understand the concept of infinity with something more manageable, like numbers, then it makes it easier to understand space can be ever-expanding and increasing too. Anyway, speaking about London, capital place, ho-ho, I'd not been there for years until a few weeks ago when I took my daughters there for the day. I didn't fly. Instead, the train took the strain and we got there in under two hours. Oh, this is already a charge. Is it already? Okay. It's on 47. But happily, isn't it? Yeah. It was on 53. I'm going to carry on using it. When we were there, one of the first things that we did was buy a couple of maps. One for me and one for one of my daughters. The other daughter didn't want one. It's not that I didn't know my way around. Although, to be fair, I hadn't been for 15 or 16 years. Well, possibly not quite that long. Maybe about 13 or 14 years, something like that. I think the last occasion I went, we did fly. And it was when my eldest daughter was only about, I'm trying to think how old, probably about 18 months old. We went one Christmas time. We spent a lot of money staying in the Ritz whilst my daughter was fast asleep for most of it. 
Anyway, as I say, this time I went a few weeks ago. One of the first things I did was buy a map. Well, two. One for my other daughter. Yeah. But it's going to be like an hour journey from London, maybe? Yeah. I would have half an hour. No, I'm having an hour. I don't want to live too close to London. No, an hour's fine. Um, <laughs> People do that loads. And then I've travelled to London. They've got the lights on in the fountain. Oh, that's pretty. And then because I'll be rich, we've already been through that, I'll be yeah. rich. So because I'm rich, I'll just go to Harrods like every weekend. Probably every day. Just, like have a mass. No, I'll go to, oh wait, actually, I'll, I'll go to Harrods like once a month. Once a couple months. Once every few months. And I'll just buy everything. Everything. You might get lost. Everything. Are you going to get it back to the house? With a plane. <laughs> I've long been fascinated with maps. I know a lot of people are too but they tend to be fascinated with old maps of their local area. I agree this can be of interest to me as well, but I'm talking more about up-to-date maps, and not particularly of my local area. I've always been interested looking at maps of places that I'd like to visit, or where my distant family live. I've spent many an hour looking at lanes and footpaths that thread through farmland across distant UK counties. I'm sure my uncle would be surprised at how many times I've virtually walked along the wide but not deep chalk-streamed paths that edge alongside his Hampshire home and vicariously experience the delights of New Alsford's quintessentially English square. But a train or an hour in your car? Because train, 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 train. Uh, trains are quicker, so it'll be like two hours away. Well, the cars are impossible, trying to get into London and take Take an hour, at least an hour to get in. <laughs> no one has cars? Yeah, they're all, they're a posh one. That one's not the brownish one. Right. I don't really want a car in London. You can get everywhere you want without one. Yeah. You don't need a car. No, a lot of people who live in London don't bother with cars. You don't need Apart from that rich no. person who has that really nice car. If you're rich, you might as well, but I mean, like... Yeah, but, yeah, but you're going to be rich. Anyway, getting back to London. When I was there, I lived in Wimbledon for a few years. And prior to going, I pored over public rights of way that crisscrossed Wimbledon Common. By doing this, it gave me a sort of special mental notebook that I could call upon when wondering where the Wombles lived. I never did find any, and I looked underground and overground. Yeah, tubes everywhere. Trains, tubes, and planes, and um, Plane. planes don't mean planes, do I mean what's your the big red thing? Buses, yeah, big red things. Yeah. <laughs> big red thing. No, but you could have a car. Just you could have a car just for show, just to park outside your house. Yeah, so I would do. What? Now, one of the reasons I'm talking about maps like this is because a month or so ago, on one delightfully warm late spring Wednesday evening, I found myself driving over to Darsbury. Now, the reason I was going was because I'd been following a Facebook group about Darsbury and I noticed that they were having a talk this particular Wednesday evening. I think they have them every month. In fact, there was one a few days ago. I didn't get the time to go. But I did go to the one prior to this and it was there that we talked about maps. Maps of the local area. Not just Darsbury, but Stockton Heath, Moor, Walton and Warrington villages in general. So we're going to incorporate that into our display. And also, Halton Council had um, a big display at the Brindley Theatre in 2014. And I, knew I couldn't remember the time I was supposed to be there. I knew it was either 7pm or 7.30pm. 
As it turned out, it was 7.30pm, so I didn't need to be making a joke when I got there about the reason I was late. I was going to say I got stuck behind a white rabbit. Not the best joke in the world, but it linked into where I was at. In that, we were at Darsbury Church. Well, a part of it, an annex, connected to it. A new part, actually. The Lewis Carroll Centre. A deceptively small place, probably intentionally, if you know the Alice in Wonderland stories. Chapter 1. Down the Rabbit Hole. Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the bank, and of having nothing to do. Once or twice she had peeped into the book her sister was reading, but it had no pictures or conversations in it. And what is the use of a book? thought Alice. Without pictures or conversation. Now, to be honest, I've tried. I've really tried over the years. I've just never got into Alice in Wonderland. I know that's heresy. If the likes of John Lennon loved Lewis Carroll, then surely I'm in the wrong. Well, I'm happy to admit that, but I've never really got him. With great lovers of Ordnance Survey, typical Ordnance Survey map. Just to tell you how addicted they are, for my birthday, my wife got me my own map centred on our house, and it's called Graham's Map. And those of you that are observant may be able to recognise it's the stop planks from the Bridgewater Canal, just up the top of the farm track that goes behind um, Beachmore. I'm sure most people know about Lewis Carroll. He was born in Darsbury, as well as nine of his ten brothers and sisters. His father was a much-loved vicar at Darsbury Church. In fact, it's said that Lewis Carroll is, after the Bible and Shakespeare, the most quoted person in the world. I don't know how that's measured, but that is a statistic I often hear. And the slithy toads did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the momy wraths outgrabe. Lewis Carroll lived in Darsbury for the first 11 years of his life, and therefore, after many years, as a result of Darsbury's only celebrity, I suppose, the Lewis Carroll Centre was funded. £700,000 is what it cost. If you've not been, let me just describe it. The Lewis Carroll Centre is an elegant, semicircular extension where the north porch of the church used to stand. As you drive over to the church, park in the car park adjacent to it, and then work your way around towards the back of the church, and that way you can go straight into the Lewis Carroll Centre. Or if you want to, Go through the main entrance of the church and walk through. Well, well I think it, it's the, the sun shining on the main gave, gave it a red, red appearance. That's my, not my interpretation of it. That's all I know. I don't know any more than that at all. I'm, I'm going to talk into it. Yes, in fact, please I'll ask, do. I'll ask Tony, because yeah. he's bound to know. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably say, buy my book. <laughs> Whilst I was there for an hour or so, we talked about maps, maps of the local area, ordnance survey maps, and plans for the future about building a trail, not just around Darsbury, but more as well. It's a delightful place. In fact, most of the villages around Warrington, whether we're talking the south, the west, the east or the north, are particularly delightful. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there are proposals to get Warrington to be made a city of culture. Though, to be fair, I'm not sure how that works. Warrington isn't a city. Maybe I misunderstood. Maybe it's a town of culture. Anyway, whatever it's going to be, I was recently reading a blog written by somebody called Dan Warren, who, although not from this area, has now made Warrington his home. And therefore I asked him if he wouldn't mind reading out his blog, so I could include it with this podcast. It's only short, but the audio quality isn't all that good, so just bear with it. It was recorded on his iPhone and sent over to me, and I've done my best to try and clean it up, 
but you'll get the idea anyway. So I'll leave you for the moment listening to Dan Warren's words. Following on from Kingston upon Hull in 2017, which generated millions in investment, Warrington has the fantastic opportunity to become the UK Cup of Culture in 2021. This would put the town up against other bidders, including Coventry, Sunderland, Paisley and Stoke-on-Trent. But I think we have a good chance of being successful. Warrington has a long history going back to being founded by the Romans as a Mersey crossing point. The town became a centre of manufacturing during the Industrial Revolution, with steel, particularly wire, textiles, brewing, tanning and the chemical industries. A number of well-attended festivals, carnivals and walking days are also held annually in the borough, including the Warrington Music Festival, Stockton Eve Arts Festival and the Lim Transport Day. I believe now is the time to increase the promotion of the cultural capital the town has and create a shift in how people view Warrington, both locally and nationally. Even though I've only lived in Warrington since 2009, I've grown to call the town home and believe it has a lot to offer visitors if promoted in the right way. Something else which I've spoken about previously in earlier podcasts. Something else that Warrington is particularly good at is music. And today I've been over to Golden Square, only for an hour or so, to have a listen to some of the music, some of the bands and some of the solo artists performing at the Warrington Festival. I had a quick chat to Chris and his family from The Kindest of Thieves prior to him performing his set. He used to be in Spiral Carpets. Oh, right, OK. But he does a lot of, he does like X, all that on XFM and all that. And, right. um, so he's... Am I showing my ignorance by saying I've never heard of him? Well, he's, he'll be doing a DJ set. Right, right. If you were from Manchester and you listened to XFM, oh, yeah. you'd... I know all about it. Manchester yeah. people it's, like that. It's really... Now, I know I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm not exactly sure how to describe his music. It's a sort of mixture of blues and ragtime, with a punk ethos binding it all together. So, I'm going to conclude for this podcast, and I'll let you have a listen to Chris performing as Kindest of Thieves with his version of Black Betty. I'll talk to you again soon, folks. Thank you, it's going to be my last one. It's called Black Betty, not by Ram Jam. Let's make that clear. They did write it. Give them no credit. This is on my lead belly, God of Folk. And it's my last song, if I didn't say that. Looky, looky yonder, looky, looky yonder, looky, looky yonder. Oh, my baby, I had a baby. The damn thing was crazy.
Bye, my love.